Hello and welcome to another week of 4th Turn Radio Short Track Edition. Tonight's guests will be K&N Pro Series East driver Scott Heckert, uh, late model driver BJ Mackey, and Charlotte Motor Speedway Director of Communications Lenny Baticki. Our hosts for tonight will be Hunter Thomas and Jason Beck. How you doing, Hunt, guys? I'm doing fantastic. Ready to get another show going. It's a great night to do another short track show. Um, it's hot here in the Carolinas, but the racing action has been even hotter the last couple um, last couple weekends, so we're excited about our guests, and we have a lot to talk about tonight. Our first guest, he's already, he's already on the line. It's uh, Scott Heckert, um, NASCAR K&N Pro Series East driver. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Scott, you um, won a couple weekends ago at Bowman Gray, which is back in my stomping grounds. I went to a bunch of races there growing up. What's it like to win at a place like that with such history and just such a unique raceway? Yeah, it's definitely unique. And just uh, the history, uh, being one of the first NASCAR tracks, really cool. Um, Obviously, being the NASCAR Hall of Fame 150, having uh, Leonard Wood there presenting the trophy, uh, both for uh, qualifying on the pole and uh, and for winning the race, it was a really special moment for me. Uh, and uh, and just getting that first oval one was pretty special too. Well, Scott, it's uh, Hunter Thomas here. Um, I believe you won at uh, um, Langley Speedway uh, last season, and uh, you know that's where the K&N series is heading this weekend. Um, talk about your efforts uh, moving uh, towards the weekend to Langley Speedway. Yeah, yeah. Last year we uh, qualified on pole there at Langley, led a few laps, and you know finished. Uh, I forget if it's third or fourth. Um, and we got a pretty similar package. We're going to take there from Bowman Gray, um, which is a little improved from our last year's package. So hopefully, you know, we can uh, not only sit on pole there, but also lead more laps and uh, you know, come home with a win. So honestly, I'm going in there pretty confident. Uh, like I said, the car is pretty similar to how it was at Bowman Gray. Um, the guys joked about just loading up from Bowman Gray, heading straight to Langley. Um, but we got it all tuned up and ready for the weekend. Scott, um, my question's a two-part question. I'll let you answer the first one, and then I'll jump back in with the second one. You are kind of a road course guy. I know you won at Watkins Glen last year. You won at VR, And you went to Bowman Gray and won, and it's a flat, tight track. And I know you, you said you had some success at Langley, and it's a, flight, a tight, flat track. Do you feel like your road course success helped you at Bowman Gray last weekend? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of feel like that even though uh, maybe the, the the corners are shaped similar to it, maybe a road course turn is still very. Uh, a lot of the oval techniques are used over the road course stuff. It's uh, it's definitely different. Uh, road course stuff is kind of its own animal. Um, but uh, you know, we've been really gaining on our whole short track package. And I think we just finally uh, and we had a chance to test there the day before the race or a couple days before the race. So we got to uh, work on our package a lot. Uh, something that because I'm not a rookie, we don't get the chance to do. So uh, I think that was the biggest help was just getting a little more time uh, with the car. Uh, There's some things we couldn't have tried if it was just regular practice. And um, some of those things we found during the test were some of our, our biggest gains. And I think that's, that was the key to, to winning the race. Gotcha. My second two, my second part of the two part question is about road racing. You have a pretty big background in road racing. I know you ran formula V cars and, like I said, you won those races at Watkins Glen and VR. I know, obviously, the ultimate goal is to get into the Cup Series, but do you feel like that's going to help you? I mean, could you see yourself maybe doing a one-off kind of a road course ringer thing eventually, and that maybe giving you a foothold into the into the Cup Series someday? Yeah, I mean, I, as you can see with uh, AJ Allmendinger last year, you you win the win the road course race, you're in the chase. So I think it's uh, it gives me a little something special, other than uh, you know, as compared to other drivers. Um, you know, but uh, but it's not a huge focus of mine. It's it's uh, really important to to refine my oval craft as well and uh, get wins there. So that's what made Bowman Gray the win so special. It's not just uh, not just be a road course ringer. Well, Scott, uh, your teammate Dalton Sargent was uh, you know racing at Langley Speedway over the weekend. Um, obviously, it was in a a different kind of car, just a late model. Um, will you be able to? sit down and talk to him and maybe get some information that may help you uh, leading into this weekend's event? Yeah, I might uh, I might talk to him. I, I, 
and I have a fair amount of laps at Langley. I'm pretty pretty confident going in there. It's a it's a straightforward track. It's it's a little bit uh different on each end, but uh but the cars are very similar and and uh you know, hopefully uh, just like you know, we've been doing all year with not just me and Dalton but, but every teammate we can we can lean on each other a little bit and uh ask each other questions after practice or, or before practice just to you know, get the most out of the whole team because we we all want to uh, run really well. We obviously all want to win the race, but uh, we want our teammates right behind us. Scott, obviously with with your um, sponsor being Operation Lifesaver, you've got a you got a sponsor kind of with a mission. Could you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about the safety initiative that you know the road road safety initiative that you guys are kind of promoting? Yeah, absolutely. Project Lifesaver, uh, pretty special to us. Um, it's a organization, nonprofit organization that uh, really helps families with uh, with loved ones that have uh, cognitive disorders like autism and Alzheimer's um, have a tendency to wander away from home. So some of their uh, technology helps local law enforcement uh, track down loved ones, and it's a it's a cause that hits really close to home. And uh, we've we've had a really special partnership over the last three years, and uh, really lucrative for the both of us. And it's. Uh, I'm so pleased to have them on board all year this year. It's um, it's a privilege, and and they've uh, you know been a great support to us. So I love having them. My apologies there for getting your sponsor wrong. I, I miss uh, misspoke there, but um, obviously both no are good nonprofits. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, Scott. Um, obviously the uh, H. Scott Motorsports with uh, Justin Martz is kind of a uh, another. Um, I guess another operation that's related to uh, the uh, NASCAR Sprint Cup Series team uh, based in Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina. Um, can you kind of talk about, you know, did the two team or the two shops, I guess, kind of come together? I mean, you have William Byron who's is leading the point uh, right now, your teammate, and then you have, um, you know, Dalton Sargent right behind you, six in points. You set fourth in points. Um, there's just a lot of competitive competitiveness here. Uh, within those NASCAR team and Pro Series East teams, um, how close do uh, you know the Sprint Cup Series and the KNS and East teams work together? Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, just being uh, totally honest, we don't we don't uh, get too much support from them. Obviously, we we're very we're very close to each other, and we we wish each other well. Um, talk a lot, and uh, Harry Scott, the, the mutual owner of both both teams, cares a lot about us. Sprint Cup team cares a lot about. Uh, about the kids that drive for them. So it's a very special relationship we have. Um, we, we get to uh, share, share in their uh, joy when they run well in the cup series. And they're uh, very happy for us when we, when we win races. So it's a good partnership. We, you know, it's not, uh, there's no technical alliance, but the rule packages are so different between the series that uh, something that we run or something that they run wouldn't uh, work in between the two. So it's really more of a, uh, you know, uh, I guess a friendship in a way, and you know, everyone uh, supports each other. Do you enjoy running the, the bigger tracks that the K&N Series goes to, some of the, I guess, the Dovers and the New Hampshires and some of the more cup-style tracks? That, I know you talk about perfecting your oval craft, and, and you've won on some short tracks, but what do you think about the big places? Yeah, I think uh, I love the big places. Iowa and Dover, two of my favorite tracks. Uh, Iowa last year, I think, is when we kind of got it our season. Uh, turned around a little bit. We started, uh, got top fives uh, both both races there last year, and uh, top five at Dover. We ran really up well at New Hampshire. So, you know, I think our package there is pretty good too. We just, uh, you know, just like Bill McGray, just got to put the whole put the whole thing together for a race, and uh, but we're very close there as well. Scott, so, uh, this is your uh, first time coming on the show, so uh, one thing we always like to, to you know, know is uh, what do you like to do. Uh, whenever you are on a race track, what are, what are your hobbies? Oh boy, yeah, I guess uh, when I'm not at the racetrack, you know, I spend uh, a fair amount of time at the shop during the week. Um, you know, some of the guys that I've been working with, my crew, have become uh, best friends down here. I, I worked with the same crew last year on the 34 team, um, so I've become really good friends with them. Like hanging out with them at the shop. Um, but hey, I'm always up for a day at the lake, you know, hanging out. So. Pretty easygoing guy, just uh, whatever's uh, whatever's fun that day. Well, I hear you. It definitely is a, a wonderful day to spend at the lake today. It was in the hundreds down here in the Carolinas. What um, That's right. if people want to get up with you, and, and I know you have a big sponsor, but I know you're always looking for for new connections and things like that. How, how do people get up with you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyone listen, listen. Uh, you can follow me on uh, 
Instagram and, and Twitter at Scott34Hectors, and uh, check me out on Facebook, Scott Hecker Racing, and uh, that's where we post most of our live updates, scotthecker.com. We do uh, weekly stories on uh, on what races I'm doing, whether it be with the K&N Series or Trans Am Series, which I uh, compete in occasionally. So, yeah, those are the best ways to keep up with my racing. Scott, we certainly do appreciate you uh, joining us here tonight. Uh, we hope to have you on the show uh, once again sometime this season. And, uh, hey, good luck this weekend at uh, Langley Speedway. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's always a pleasure to come on and uh, hopefully talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Scott. All right, everyone, that was Scott Hecker, uh, H. Scott Motorsports' is, uh, uh, NASCAR K&N driver. They have multiple drivers uh, in the series. Um, Jason, you were at uh, Dillon Motor Speedway this past weekend uh, competing for the first time this season. Uh, talk about your run. Unfortunately, we just didn't have the speed that we needed, but it was definitely great to be back at the racetrack. Love, love being at Dillon every time we come, and it was it was a fun day. Obviously, a hot day for everybody involved, and the racing was really fantastic Saturday night at Dillon. Just can't say enough about how how good everything went from a from a standpoint. I mean, we're out of there by ten o'clock at night, so it was just a, a pretty good night, pretty clean night. No one really had any major problems. Um, got out ran pretty bad by Kevin Jackson. Was hoping to get him on the show tonight and talk to him. He is kind of the the four cylinder legend in these parts. So if you get outrun by Kevin Jackson, you can't feel too bad. Uh, Jason, um, you know, this season uh, has kind of been a cool one uh, for, you know, in, in some aspects. And this was kind of the first weekend where it was absolutely, you know, extremely hot. Um, as a driver, how do you prepare for that? Uh, or can you prepare for that? Well, obviously, with with me running the four-cylinder car, I knew I was only going to run a 20 or 25-lap race. But still, people don't realize that you practice all day, you have – hot laps and time trials and then you and then you race so you're pretty much pretty much miserable hot all day so the, the way to prepare is obviously to start hydrating two or three days early i usually drink a lot of gatorade and a lot of water and cut out the soda as much as possible two or three days before the race to try to get us hydrated definitely no late nights drinking or anything like that you definitely want to stay you know as hydrated as possible and then and then when it comes race day you, you try to continue that but if you wait to start drinking water on race day it's pretty much too late you end up sweating out pretty much anything you can put in so well i mean y'all are sitting in the car so i mean basically you could just run the air conditioner the whole time right well you know I, I, obviously <laughs> there's not not air conditioning in these late models i don't know why we can't run the air conditioning in the u-cars i think that might be a good a good thing to talk about in the rule book next year because boy it does get hot my car is black it has a black roll cage it is miserable hot inside that car but it's it's obviously it's something that we're doing for the fun and we love it so we're either stupid or or something, but we we definitely enjoy it. Yeah, I tell you, it was a really uh, uh, you know, really good time at Dillon Motor Speedway. Um, I guess uh, the big story coming out of Dillon is um, you know we had a, a five hundred dollar bounty on um, Bobby Gower, who's been joining us the last weekend or, or the last few weeks here on the show, and um, you know, Bobby, he had a great effort. You know, the team uh, got the car fixed from the crash at Wake County Speedway, and uh, he finished 10th. But uh, B.J. Mackey was the driver uh, who captured the $500 bounty. And um, I believe, uh, B.J., uh, I think you're on the line? Yes, sir. Awesome. Thanks for joining us here tonight. Uh, man, uh, you know, big season for you so far uh, here in the Lake Model. Yeah, we've had a good season so far. It's uh, been a new experience with the Merritt crowd, and uh seems to be going well for us. Yeah, BJ, I was talking to you on Saturday night down in the pits, and we were talking about how in the past few years you've ran for, for Mr. Barber, and then this year you're doing something a little different. How is, it, how is the cars different? I mean, is, is it a big transition to go, even though you're in the same type of car, obviously late model stock, is it a big transition to get out of one deal and get into another? Yeah, it is. It's just, you know, <clears throat> just the way things operate, uh, team wise is biggest biggest change for me. Uh and also it's a Hedgecock chassis which I've I've never ran before but I I like it and uh seem to be adjusting well to it and um I think the biggest change is just, you know, adjusting to a new team and trying to learn 
learn how to work with uh, Destin and, um, you know, uh, trying to figure out our changes and things we, we want to do and just getting on the same page with each other. Now, BJ, over the weekend, uh, you know, that $500 bounty race that featured 22 late models at Hill Motor Speedway, uh, man, that's, uh, that's quite a field of cars there. And, uh, you know, Dillon Motor Speedway is one of the tougher, uh, I guess, short tracks around the southeast. So you were racing against, uh, in my opinion, anyways, the, uh, the, the best late model drivers on the east coast, if not in the country. Um, man, what is it like to uh, start on the pole and, and then get the victory uh, with such a prestigious event? Well, it feels great. You know, it's... Uh, it's uh, Throws in a little uh, monkey wrench with the two-tire deal, but um, we, we're learning how to work that. And, um, uh, you know, I'm used to running on four new ones, and uh, I think that's been the biggest uh, biggest obstacle for me. But uh, I think Mr. Barfield, Ryan, and Mr. Barfield do it, does a great job down there, and uh, they've got a good thing going with car counts and all, and... Uh, they're racers, and they look out for the racers. And I think they they got a good program going. I've watched you race for, for many years. I grew up going to Caraway, and I'm from that area and seen you run up there a bunch and obviously saw you running good dash cars and everything else you've run. Where do these wins stack up? When you, when you come into a new place like Dillon and a new situation, it's always exciting to win a race. I know that. But where do these stack up compared to the, the many wins you have in pretty much everything else in the southeast. How does it, I mean, are they about equal, or is one more special than the other? How does that even compare? Well, I, I would say, you know, uh, some of the bigger wins stand out more to me. Um, but a win's a win. <laughs> so uh, we'll take them anywhere we can, and um, uh, it's just good to be winning. You know, after racing for 20-plus years, I mean, it's just, you want to win every week, you know, and um, when you don't, you go back and work harder and try to figure out how you need, what you need to do to win. And uh, uh, But as far as stacking up, I mean, you know, some of the bigger ones show up more or, or mean more to me. Um, but, you know, we still like to race every weekend and we still like to win the weekly shows also. Right. I mean, since you're from, I know you're from Rock Hill, which is kind of the other side of the state. So a lot of the fans in the Dillon area don't really know you as well because you haven't raced down there as much. What would you say your biggest win is in your career? Um, as a driver, because I've done a lot of crew chiefing too. Um, as a driver, I would say probably the fall brawl race at Hickory. Um, as a crew chief, the the Bailey's 300, East with the Bailey's 300, the late model race at Martinsville. So, uh, as a crew chief, you know, that winning that Martinsville race is a big deal. So, uh, that would probably be my biggest standout. I tell you, that race up in Martinsville is uh, certainly a prestigious event. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that race right there is, is by far... Um, you know, one of the greatest uh, late model races in the country, um, if not in the world, because uh, you have, uh, you know, everyone from all the tracks just kind of coming together, meeting in that one spot. And the thing is, there's so many drivers that go home uh, for that event. And then once you survive from going home, then you have to survive the races uh, that always have some crazy finishes. Um, you know, I don't want to go off topic here, but can you kind of talk about that pressure uh, there, BJ? I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's that's just as big as it gets when it comes to light models. Oh, it is. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of a uh, couple affiliated teams that, that show up, and a lot of them don't make the race. I mean, it's just uh, you can be off just a little bit there, and, and not even make the show. And it's, to make it and, and win it was a big deal for me, even though I weren't driving, you know, I was crew chief and then it was still uh, something I'll never forget that stands out. Um, we've also had some good runs driving. Uh, I finished uh, fourth in Mr. Barber's car last year and finished third the year before that in Mr. Barber's car up there. So um, that, that race is uh, 
quite different than any other. <laughs> well, I know you told me in the pits on Saturday there's a chance you might be taking the Merritt Logan car up there this year, so with your track record, it's a pretty good shot you're going to be in the field for that. Um, winning the bounty this weekend, you know, I guess you're going to win the next three and they're going to put a bounty on you. Would that be okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, You know, I've had one on at, at Caraway before, and that's something special to have. I know uh, Bobby ought to be proud, you know, feel good about that because uh, that's something special to have, a bounty on you. Um, I hope they can – we get the bounty if we win, right? <laughs> I have to say, um, going off topic, talking about Bobby a little bit, he's really a class act because he didn't have to finish that race. You know, he could have pulled in. And the way the bounty rules work at Dillon, for anyone listening and doesn't follow Dillon, is if you don't finish on the lead lap, the bounty's kind of null and void. So Bobby gutted out what looked to be a pretty tough – handling ill handling car compared to what he's had all year he stayed out there on track and allowed allowed the bounty to get collected so kudos to him and i think that makes him a class act in my book yeah oh sure yeah he he seems to be a class act i don't i, I don't really know bobby i just you know been around him this uh, dylan this year and uh he's been fun to race with and um he seems to be a, a really class act he's got nice equipment and all also yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't obviously race in the late model class at Dillon, but from from what I've seen and from the classes I've ran there and stuff, everybody at Dillon really does seem to, to race each other with a lot of respect. And from what I've seen, I mean, to be able to run 22 late models at that track for a 60-lap race, and I think if I'm not mistaken, BJ, you only had one caution flag in that race. So it's just amazing to me that everyone's been able to run each other as clean as they have this year. Have you noticed that the level of respect has been kind of up further than usual this year? Yes, I have. It is. It's it's, uh, it's very good racing. I mean, um, you know, everybody treats each other with respect, and it's it's good racing. You know, and that's that's the way it, it ought to be. I mean, it's uh, I've been to some tracks that you know you tear up a lot of stuff, and that's not the kind of racing I like to do. And um, when you can take it back home and work on it and make it better and go back without having to worry about fixing things that's the kind of track you want to race at and and Dillon seems to be that way hey BJ uh you know you race at Dillon over Speedway um do you have any other uh plans to uh, you know compete at any other tracks uh from here on out this season um well we've been talking to you know uh I've talked to Merritt's about it and I think they're going to want to run the beach a couple times and uh Hopefully, if things go good, we can uh, make it to Martinsville and the bigger shows at the end of the year. Well, uh, you know, we always ask the driver whenever they come on our show, uh, what do you like to do with a hobby when you aren't uh, at the racetrack? Are, are you a guy that, you know, is in the shop 24-7 anyways, uh, working on the race car, or do you have other things you like to do as well? Um, well, I like to do grading work and, and stuff like that. I'm into that, and fishing and um i'm just a country boy i like being in the in the woods and hunting and all the normal stuff absolutely you're definitely a guy that like like has been around the the racetrack a long time for years like i said i grew up kind of watching your race and it's just been a pleasure to talk to you tonight. If anybody wants to get up with you and sponsor you, which I know you've got sponsors, but every, every racer looks for more, um, how can they get up with you? Uh, they can reach me by phone or Facebook or either gotcha. one of those two would be good. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us tonight, CJ, and uh, we hope to have you on uh, later on this, this year. And uh, I still certainly will. Um, you have quite a team behind you. And you're a uh, you're a very very talented driver. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, unless Jason has something else to ask you, we appreciate uh, you coming, on, BJ. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. All right, we'll see you at the track. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Love to talk to BJ Mackey. He, I mean, he, you know, he, he really. Good. 
be as hot as it was. Um, <clears throat> that was uh, that was just a good late model race to watch. It definitely was. I saw about the first 50 laps of it. The last 10, of course, I was trying to strap into my car because we ran right <laughs> after that. But it seemed like it was a pretty clean and caution-free deal. Like I said, it was impressive to me that they weren't just running all over each other. Yeah, the guys, you know, the guys gave each other a lot of room. Um, Randy Benson finished second. You know, Randy's uh, track champion from from this past season. And um, how about Cody McKenzie? He finished third, uh, qualified uh, outside pole, put that car on outside pole, and um, man, a uh, great run for Cody. Cody definitely impressed some people Saturday night. I heard some talk in the pits of saying, hey, where'd he come from, you know? But yeah. that's the way he was running back in the Chargers two or three years ago, so maybe he's catching on to the late model deal, and we'll have him on the show in a couple of weeks of the winter. Yeah. Adam, Adam Sungrove finished uh, finished fourth, and uh, Greg Peterson, um, another uh, another guy who really turns in some good finishes at Dillon and has won a good good number of races, finished fifth. Um, and uh, Avert Lucas, um, Avert Lucas made uh, made trips since Florence wasn't racing, and uh, I'm pretty sure the uh, that bounty had um, had a couple of guys coming over that that normally don't race at Dillon, but Avert's had some bad luck at at Dillon in the past, but uh, he ran a pretty good race. Definitely, it seemed like like you said, a lot of guys kind of showed up for the bounty, which that's exactly the point of the bounty. Obviously, Ron doesn't just want to give his money away; it's to get some competition there, which. It impresses me the the level of competition that shows up week in and week out. We've had twenty late models for you know pretty much the whole season. Yeah, it, um, you know we had uh, twenty two total late models that that showed up, and you know to 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 kind of contrast it, not uh, you know not that it's a bad track, but uh, um, you know because it's a fantastic track to go watch a race at, but Southern National. Um, you know, didn't have but ten late models to show up for their their race. So um, you know, it's got to be that those guys have got to be bounty hunting because uh, you know we had a bunch of guys that we hadn't seen. Marty Griggs, we hadn't seen him yet this year. Um, I don't think we'd seen Scott Wise yet this year. And uh, Jake Ruggles finished eleventh. Um, he um, he's a young guy that's uh, moved over from the Allison Legacy Series. He's now racing late models. And you know what? He struggled a good bit in the Allison Legacy series, but um, man, he finished eleventh. He turned in a pretty good uh, turned in pretty good results at Dillon. You got to think the experience he's had there in the Legacy car helped too, because the Legacy series ran, ran a good bit at Dillon over the past couple of years. Yeah, he's definitely had some track time. Um, and like I said, Kevin uh, Kevin Jackson won the four cylinder race, and um, you know, Ke- I mean, Kevin's just a legend. Um, <laughs> uh, Let me tell you what, I, I've got a little antidote about that Because Kevin showed up late He had to work on Saturday And he lives down in Florence or down in Darlington Or somewhere like that So I knew it took him a while to get to the racetrack And we had already qualified And you could just see the look on Well, I'm sure my look was the same But on J.R. Moore's face And on some of the other competitors in our class When his trailer rolled in Because we knew, <laughs> even though he was starting in the back We were racing for second place It was pretty much you know, a game over As soon as he rolls in And Pretty much, the, I think it was the first lap, my spotter's like, 21's inside, and you know, he started sixth, and I started second. So it, he was up front immediately. Yeah. I think it's, it's like that every track, too. I mean, it's not like Kevin just, you know, dominates the deal. I mean, he can go to Fort and do that. He can go to Myrtle Beach and, and yeah. dominate. I mean, it just doesn't matter what it is. It's just that number 21 star is, uh, and that thing is fast. He's got a, it's a driver. It's all a driver, I promise you. I don't think that car is – Kevin is a fantastic race car driver. Yeah. Um, Brian Owens won the Charger race. Um, but, it, you know, he, and he's won several Charger races so far this year. But I tell you what, it was not a cakewalk for Brian Owens. Uh, ben Watford in that 27 car, he, he he qualified on the pole and he put up a pretty good fight. It was not uh, just a matter of of uh, Owens just getting around him. Definitely, I saw that pass on the backstretch after they ran three or four laps side by side. That that class unfortunately didn't have as many cars as it normally does last weekend, but it just seems like it really doesn't take with six or eight cars to put on a pretty good show at Dillon. So yep. every 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 race was really competitive Saturday night. Yep. Uh and uh Gary Ledbetter 
uh, won the street stock race, um, and Ricky Locklear Jr. got the mini cup, mini cup stock victory. So uh, hot, man! I was hot all day in that tower, and I, I mean, I, I'm sure it was nothing compared to what you were sitting in the car, or what uh, Hunter was standing by the track, but holding the holding the big lens camera, shooting all the action. But um, it, okay, it's, I just uh, oh, I, no I, I just for a while. Yeah. Um, so. Let me jump back real quick to the street stock thing. You know, you said Gary Ledbetter won the street stock race. What people who weren't down there in Victor Lane may not have realized is, you know, that's Gary Ledbetter Sr. That that same car has won a bunch of races at Dillon with his son driving. But that was the old man Ledbetter that won Saturday night. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I might need to put yeah. uh, put Senior yeah, by the rules there, so everybody yeah, knows. That was his first win at the Speedway, I believe. Uh, senior's first win there. Um, yeah, it was his first win at Dillon, but by far not his first win. He's kind of a legend, kind of in my part of the country where I grew up. He yeah. he won two track championships at Caraway and Street Stock, and then the next year at Caraway they made you move up every year when you won a track championship or two. And then he won in the next division. Then he won two late model trucks, and then he won a bunch of races at Bo Gray. The guy is a wheel man, so it was kind of neat to see him show up and. And does, he hasn't raced in a couple of years, so it was neat to see him show up and, and kind of put it on him. Well, good. Um, like I said, Southern National also ran this past weekend. It's about the only other track around that was running. And uh, Andrew Grady, the number one car, um, won both. Uh, they did uh, late model twins, so he won. Won both of those, and uh, Michael O'Brien in the 61, a, a familiar face at Dillon, um, won the Charger race. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of controversy in that race, by the way, from what I understand. I've been getting a lot of Facebook and Uh-oh. social media feedback on that one. Apparently there was a jump start, and some people were angry at some people, and there was a wreck. So, so Michael kind of, I think, kind of survived that deal and won that one. Apparently it was kind of a hot a hot mess. Ah. Uh. And you know, uh, you know, while we're talking about you know the K and N series going to uh, Langley Speedway this weekend, uh, this past weekend, uh, Josh Berry uh, in that '88 car, uh, he got the uh, first late model win there, and then followed it up with uh, Danny Edwards Jr. Uh, winning the second late model race. That's right. Um, I saw Danny Edwards actually got a mention from Dale Jr. on Twitter, so that was kind of cool. Hmm. Because, you know, Dale Jr. owns the 88 car that won the first race, obviously. And, I think and that also was... the car series ran. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I didn't get to make yep. it this week, but the car series ran Tri-County. So. Yeah, they ran Friday night. Um, yeah, Brayton did... Halls, who's dominated. Brayton's dominated the late mile stock portion of the cars deal. He won that race after um, after kind of a late race deal between Maya Snyder and, and Deke McCaskill when they were leading, and then... In the super race, I believe Stephen Wallace led the majority of that race and then had an issue where he jumped a restart and was put to the rear. And Quinn Huff, who kind of has been in about every an accident in about every race this year in the super late model, he finally managed to, to pull out the victory. So, I, like like you said, we, I hate we weren't able to cover that, and we're going to definitely get back on those races before the season's yeah. over. Well, we had, we had racing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Florence Motor Speedway did not race. They will be uh running Saturday this Saturday, late model, street stocks, chargers, four cylinders and go karts. And um And um also uh Motor Beach Speedway will be in action as well. Um they'll be racing this Saturday night. And uh I'll tell you that's gonna be a great show. Um the uh, Coastal Super Cup series. Or uh, be making it uh, way back to the speedway. I might have to go down to that one. All that they got uh, Dad's Appreciation Night. All Dads get to get in free. I might have to go down there and get in free. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we'll be um, covering the Lucas Oil Late Model Series, the dirt race up in Fayetteville this week. Um, that's Thursday night. I'm going to go up there and cover that race for the fourth turn. That's going to be a show with Scott Bloomquist and um, and some of the. Earl Pearson Jr. and some of the super late model stars. I know Scott just just won the dream up at Eldora and then lost on the scales. Hundred thousand dollars was taken away from him. I think he was about twenty pounds light. So 
Oh, he's got man. some vengeance on his mind, I'm sure. That's uh, that's fifty percent off for the dads and granddads at Myrtle Beach this weekend. Not free. Huh? Well, I don't, I, uh, they got on the um, on the schedule. It says all dads get in free. Well, the one I'm looking at says fifty percent off. I have to have. I don't know. Either way, it's uh, a word it's of a prayer. With I know kids kids twelve and under are certainly free. Um, so yeah. Maybe no, it's one of those deals like the Mara Povich thing. You have, if you take a fraternity test and you pass, you get in free. But if it's just word of mouth, it's fifty percent off, or I don't know what. what <laughs> you might have to. I, I don't know. I, I see what they're doing. If you go out there Father's Day on June twenty first, you can uh, um, ride in the uh, Macho Mutt Monster Truck for uh, half price. So uh, they 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 uh, they got some Father's Day stuff going on out there on Sunday. Speaking of monster trucks, I mean, I know this is a local show, but, man, they had a packed house for the monster jam uh, this past week as well. Um, that's pretty uh, That's pretty different for a, a local short track. Yeah, I think it certainly got some attention. I know we were, um, some. there was some discussion up in the tower at, uh, at Dillon with Ron and Andy and uh, about what it would take to get one of those monster truck shows at Dillon. Um that uh you know it uh that 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 was a pretty big deal went over pretty well. Hopefully it goes better than the stunt show you guys tried to have a couple of years ago where the guy launched himself off the pipe ramp. I don't know what hopefully it's a little more safe than that. Yeah. Oh man, that that was awesome Let's see anything else other than uh, other than NASCAR. It was kind of a bland weekend. You gotta hate it when uh, NASCAR ends in a um, in a rain delay. But you know, at the same time, um, you know, I was was talking to somebody earlier today. Um, you know what? Kurt Busch is a guy that runs at front at the front consistently, and um, has run at the front consistently. You really don't feel that bad about him getting that win. Um, he probably could have raced to the front had the rain not come. I know. I know. Kyle Larson almost stole that deal there. If the if the rain came two laps earlier, he'd have been in victory lane for the first time. He kind of played the the cards there, and it didn't work out for him. But I expect to see them if they keep trying to gamble like that. Eventually, sneak in victory lane. Uh, you know what? I, I would hate to see Kyle, and, and as much as I'd like to see him get a win, I know he's going to get a win, and I would hate for his first win to be something that people are going to claim isn't a legitimate win by by winning a rain-shortened race. Because it, it's just a matter of time before Larson's going to be in victory lane in NASCAR multiple times. Um, he, he's just that good a driver, and I'd, I'd really hate for people to grumble about his first win being – you know, being a, a stolen win. I'll tell you that, uh, as far as that race goes, I mean, they they almost finished it. Um, and they were just, you know, if he doesn't, I mean, if he, if he doesn't lap from the finish, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess he did get up front because of fuel mileage and all that. But uh, hey, there have been plenty of drivers that have won off of fuel mileage. Oh, yeah. Uh, also. How about we talk about some uh, legends and uh, Vandaleros? That sounds good. We've got uh, an interview that uh, Hunter did yesterday with uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway Director of Communications, Lenny Badicki, about their um, Bojangles Summer Shootout Series. Let's, uh, let's give a listen. All right, everyone, welcome back to the fourth turn. Uh, radio on the line right now. We have Lenny Batiki. Lenny, uh, you have so much going on at Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, with the summer shootout. Uh, tell us how that's going. Well, we we kind of make Charlotte Motor Speedway a short track for the summer. You know, we squeeze it down to just a quarter mile on the front stretch, so we really get the framing and bamming and the grassroots uh, style racing that uh, so many folks that love to go to, you know, uh, Dillon Motor Speedway, Myrtle Beach, uh, Lakeview. Uh, wherever uh, the, their passion takes them, we, we kind of 
fall into that line with the uh, Bojangles Summer Shootout, getting the track down to a quarter mile and having so many of racing's future stars come through our uh, our summers here. It's um, every time you turn the TV on, somebody that has uh, raced in the Bojangles Summer Shootout is, is winning something, whether it's Sean Rahal, uh, the kid that has gone on to road racing, uh, Jonathan Davenport, the uh, superstar uh, this year of all in the uh, Longhorn chassis, uh, running so many and winning so many dirt races. He just won uh, in Magnolia, Mississippi, won at Eldora. Well, he is a Legends graduate. And in fact, uh, last weekend as well, Donald McIntosh, another dirt late model star, won a big uh, Ultimate Super Late Model Series event in Tennessee. And he's a former uh, Legends racer, uh, ran just south of you guys, uh, for the most part, uh, in the Gresham uh, area, ran a little bit of uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway's uh, Thursday Thunder races. And then, of course, you know, uh, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, you had Kaz Grala, one of our uh, graduates, on last week. So y'all y'all uh, picking up the uh, the legend kids uh, as they're coming up, too. Yeah, I'll tell you, <clears throat> you never know, you know, who you're going to see, you know, in these legends races, especially – uh, you know, with a venue like Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, I mean, some of the great, you know, NASCAR Sprint Cup Series drivers have come through the summer shootout. And, um, you know, as a, you know, some fans, you know, we see legend cars at, uh, you know, Dillon Motor Speedway. Uh, that's primarily where I get to see them. And, um, but then whenever you get to Charlotte Motor Speedway, it's like the lights are on and it's just, it's just, it's almost like the all-star weekend. Uh, just so many great names, and uh, the spotlight's really on these kids, and these kids uh, know that, you know, if they perform well here, then uh, their future is very, very bright. The uh, the eight most important Tuesdays in any racer's summer happen at Charlotte Motor Speedway at the, the quarter mile uh, for the Bojangles Summer Shootout. That's where you just, and not just on the racetrack. What's cool is you're walking around in the pits, and there's Fox Sports' Mike Joy, and you'll look over, and there's Emerson Fittipaldi with his grandkids uh, out racing in the Bandoleros, and Daniel Hemrick, who's now doing so well in the truck series. You know, the last couple of years, he was the pro champion for the Bojangles Summer Shootout Series. So you get to see so many of these stars with, you know, their their kind of regular lifestyle, who they really are, their uh, they're there enjoying the competition and the grassroots nature of the uh, Legend Series on Tuesday night. You know, we run through July and uh, gives folks in the PD area a shot to pick a Tuesday, come up, whether it's uh, the media mayhem, whether it's the fireworks that we do. We're probably the earliest 4th of July weekend fireworks. If you're looking for some cool, you know how Charlotte does it for the All-Star Race. Well, at Charlotte Motor Speedway on Tuesday, July 30th, we're going to have a big, big fire fireworks show in, in conjunction with our Bojangles Summer Shootout. That's always a cool one. And then you got Champions Night towards the end of summer uh, or the end of July. So, uh, you know, fans can pretty much pick a Tuesday that they want to come out in the Bandoleros that are eight years old and just so cute when they get out of the car and then on up to the pros who are really just one step away from NASCAR stardom or dirt late model stardom, if you will. And uh, it's it's a great opportunity. Eight bucks for adults, kids 13 and under get in free. They do the chicken dance. They do all the kind of fun things that a grassroots track does. Only you got the beautiful setting of Charlotte Motor Speedway to do it in. And uh, it makes a, a really neat way to kind of cool off. The, the neat thing about the summers, as hot as it is, those grandstands look east. So about, oh, 3, 4, 5 o'clock, they're already starting to get shade on them. And by the time folks, you know, come out about five thirty, six o'clock, the racetrack may still have some heat in it, but those grandstands are starting to get that cool little breeze coming in, and it's a great place to uh, just sit and watch all the action. And you're in the in you got it made in the shade. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, you know, Dillon Motor Speedway this past weekend, it was it was hot. It was over a hundred degrees. But man, once that sun went down, it was it was just like a normal, you know, spring or, or early summer. Uh, night. It wasn't too hot at all. I'm looking here, and you have uh, so many different kind of nights. Uh, you're really, really reaching out to the community. You know, you have the the media mayhem coming up uh, this Tuesday on June 23rd, and um, and then you have the 4th of July 
uh, you know, fireworks, and then you have the fast capacitor and fonder night. You're really reaching out to, uh, I guess, the locals here around the Charlotte Motor Speedway area. Uh, kind of talk about your efforts in trying to bring um, the community uh, to Charlotte Motor Speedway. Well, you know, uh, I, I think as I said when we started, we kind of squeezed Charlotte Motor Speedway down from that uh, mile-and-a-half super speedway that everybody knows for the Bank of America 500 and all the other races down to that quarter mile, and we think like a short track. We'll get you out. Uh, you know, you're watching the, the, the local community preachers running school buses. You may see some first responders out there. Bring the fire truck out and shoot it up with the water into the grandstands and the you know, let the kids run under it and have a good time for a few minutes. And, you know, the things that we like about sitting at, at a at a local track, we become a local track during the summer. And uh, that's the way we, we want the folks to come out and feel. You know, for your $8, you're getting a night's worth of entertainment. I don't know, you know, a lot of tracks are, are charging 10 and $12 now for, you know, classes that, um, you know, that they run on the weekends. And, you know, that's that's what they need to do. But we're in the position of where we can uh, charge $8 for adults and kids 13 and under get in free and give them a, a good time on a Tuesday night. It's a little more effort, you know, middle of the week and such. But uh, to see the stars that are out there, uh, kids like Carson Ferguson, Michael Torres, um, you know, and, and Jordan Black, and so many of these others, Dylan Thagard, uh, his father ran in the sportsman division. Uh, it's, it's a place where you're really going to get a look coming up in the uh, world of motorsports and and, uh, a trip up the road, which, you know, isn't real far from uh, anywhere in the PD. uh, It's a good time. 485 is open. So once they get uh, anywhere near Charlotte, they can zip up on that outer route and be able to get to the speedway real easy. Yeah. It's it's, it's a really neat deal. Um, You know, with this ever changing social media, you just get closer and closer, uh, you know, to getting the nose, these drivers' stories before they hit the track. And then, uh, you know, the other night I was actually uh, on Periscope just randomly one night, and I was watching, uh, you know, the Legends race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and um, I also saw it at Summer Shootout another night. And it's just neat how, uh, you know, here at Charlotte Motor Speedway that all these drivers are, uh, just they just get their spotlight there. And uh, it's really hard for a lot of tracks to do it, but, you know, with that grass and the infield, um, you're able to have a track. Um, talk about this upcoming uh, Tuesday night with the uh, media mayhem. Uh, what's going to go on uh, on June 23rd? Well, the media mayhem night, June 23rd, for the Bojangles Summer Shootout at Charlotte Motor Speedway Pit. Uh, guys that uh, are local sports celebrities, uh, as far as uh, sports reporters, we have a few weathermen coming, a DJ or two, and it, it's a time when uh, the the regionally famous get out there and, and uh, you know, you'll see that social media start to light up oh, next Monday or Tuesday uh, as they start getting, uh, you know, smack talking out there on it. It'll be a good time. Uh, anytime we put the school buses out there, it really doesn't matter as much as who's in them as is who's going to recommend who might go over on their side. So <laughs> it's always a hold your breath, uh, 10 or 15 a lap event. And uh, it's one that kind of, breaks up the uh, Legends and Bandolero races. Uh, we try to run it close to 7.30, 8 o'clock, so folks that want to come out and see the uh, wacky school buses, they could do it and still scoot back. Uh, but a lot of times folks will just stay uh, till 10, 10.30 when the whole thing ends. But, um, you know, one thing I don't want to get away from and, and miss is uh, letting folks know how, how much we appreciate you, Hunter Thomas and the hard work that you put in the motorsports in the PD area in all of the Carolinas and in your heart, all the things that you've done to keep motorsports uh, out there, to keep news going and to keep things fresh and current. Dillon Motor Speedway to Myrtle Beach, up here to Charlotte Motor Speedway, we always see your work, and we're glad to be on any time that uh, you have a radio show, a TV show. Uh, If you start having your own pay-per-views, you know, we're we're believers and followers, and uh, appreciate what Hunter Thomas says for uh, the racing fans. I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's just fun to. I'm, I guess I'm kind of a hybrid. You know, I, I get to do the, the NASCAR Sprint Cup stuff about you know about ten, eleven, twelve times out of the year. But um, I, I tell you, I just I always get chill bumps whenever a driver um, at one of the local tracks either 
a kid winning his first race or, or an adult who's, who's crying because they won a race in honor of their parents. Um, you know, it's just that's where, you know, that's how the Sprint Cup Series and all of the other um, major uh, racing series grows. Um, and that's where the heart of it is. And, uh, you know, we just need to continue to support your uh, local NASCAR home track or even if your track is unsanctioned, you know, still go out and support it um, because that's where, uh, you know, our future is going to be um, long term. Um, but, yeah. You know, um, you speak else? about uh... – yeah, you speak about uh, the touching driver stories. Uh, first uh, weekend of uh, Bojangles or week of Bojangles Summer Shootout Series, we had a kid named Matthew Davy, who uh, his, his family moved here from out west. They had, they fell on hard times. The dad had to virtually uh, give up everything to keep the car going, and uh, the kid won his first race. He was in tears. He was so excited, just jumping around. And uh, you could feel the emotion and the love uh, for his family and uh, so much running through that young man's uh, mind and coming out of his heart. Uh, It was that touching moment that uh, I think I'm going to remember the summer of 2015 by, and he's got a new fan in me as well, Matthew Davey, one of those stars to come out and see as he rises through the uh, Bojangles Summer Shootout Series and Hopefully, folks will, uh, you know, come up and spend a Tuesday night with us. Uh, in August, we're going to have the Parade of Power, a big parade that uh, happens uh, from Concord Mills over to the Speedway. We'll be getting more and more information out, and I'm sure Hunter Thomas will keep everybody up on uh, what's going on there into September with uh, really just a powerful month of September with the uh, Z-Max Dragway coming to life with the uh, Countdown Drag, the Auto Fair, and then Bank of America 500 the uh, World of Outlaws World Finals. Whew. It's a it's a fast and uh, hot summer, and it's just going to keep rolling through, and um, hopefully folks will uh, come visit us some at Charlotte Motor Speedway and uh, really uh, take a look at uh, trying to come out for the Bojangles Summer Shootout from now through the end of July. Hunter, it's been great to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Lenny. And, uh, yeah, we're a big supporter of Bojangles. We got the Bojangles Southern 500 coming up. Um, on Labor Day weekend uh, where we're based. And then, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great chase uh, as NASCAR Sprint Cup Series heads to uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Bank of America 500 not long after the Darlington race. So uh, thanks for joining us, Lenny. And uh, as always, uh, you're welcome on anytime. We'd be glad to be uh, a part of the show uh, any way we can. And uh, thank you again, Hunter Thomas, for what you do for uh, the fans of racing. We, uh, we're fans of you and Love uh, love hearing what you're up to. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, that was uh, Lenny Baticki of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Be sure to go out there to see the legends and the bandoliers uh, this summer. Uh, and it's just, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's just so awesome to see those cars race at such a big stage. Um, I've been lucky enough to take pictures of the modifieds up there, but uh, I've yet to go up to the summer shootout. Hopefully, we'll be able to go up there um, this summer and maybe even do a live show um, because that's uh, such a cool event. But anyways, uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you later. That was uh, Lenny Baticki. Hunter, you interviewed Lenny yesterday afternoon. Uh, Great interview, and uh, sounds like a great place to go watch some racing on a Tuesday night. Yeah, I tell you, I wish uh, I wish we had a um, you know local short track around this part that uh, you know had local racing here in the middle of the week. Um, you, you would think uh, you and I would get enough of it on the weekend because we, we do so many races a year. I, personally, myself, I do about forty-five or so a year, and uh, but I don't know. I just think that that's so cool that you know during the middle of the week you can go watch a race and. The thing is, that's an, that's kind of like an all-night thing. I mean, it starts, uh, you know, early, kind of, you know, 7-ish or so, and then I think it goes well into, you know, close to midnight before it finishes. So it's, you know, it's a full night of racing. And uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, that's such a fantastic facility. Uh, you know, it's just really cool to have something like that. And um, I hope that more tracks, uh, maybe on the, the NASCAR level, will uh, see that that's a success and uh, do it for themselves as well. 
I know um, the Legends race, but Atlanta Motor Speedway um, throughout the year as well, uh, um, kind of on the front stretch like Charlotte. Um, that's cool. Uh, maybe we need to go up there uh, sometime this season. Sounds like a plan. I'll tell you, uh, before we wrap things up here, um, I, I think I actually messed up earlier. I think I asked Scott Hecker, uh, you know, that he won uh, at Langley last year, but he didn't. Um, he sat on the pole. Uh, our good buddy uh, Ben Rhodes uh, won the race last year. Uh, just a little side note, Ben Rhodes will be racing um, at Chicagoland Speedway in the NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, on uh, you know, we'll have a journalist up there covering the race as well for the fourth turn dot com. Um, it's Kyle. How do you say Kyle's last name again? Kyle Pokreski. Okay, I just call him Kyle. Kyle Gray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Kyle, uh, he'll be up there covering the race for us. And then for, um, you know, uh, this weekend, uh, just go out and support your local short track. Uh, you know, right now we're we're hitting mainly the South Carolina tracks on this show and then some of the, you know, tracks towards the Carolina border. But go out wherever you are and uh, come back and tell us uh, what you think about the weekend. And be sure to catch the Visit Hampton, Virginia 175 at Langley Speedway. That's the NASCAR K&N Pro Series East. So with that, I'll throw it to you, Chris, and you can wrap us up. That'll do it for us here at the fourth turn. We'll see you next week.